0: You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode number 101, Talk About Unique Value with Lisa Prinsick. Lisa Prinsick is a business coach and strategist located in Squamish near Vancouver, British Columbia, who helps thought leaders first grow to 100K and then 1 million sustainably and profitably with membership programs. Lisa helps impact-driven entrepreneurs scale their businesses with powerful positioning and profitable membership groups designed around their zone of genius. And today, Lisa is with us as someone not in the wedding industry to help us figure out our unique value proposition. So often in the wedding industry, we talk about what makes us different and we all come up with the same answers. So, Lisa is here to help us figure it all out. Rockstars, go grab your coffee, grab your tea. We are going to talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, Biz Chat for Wedding Pros and Creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, Renee Dallow, joined by the lovely Lisa Prinsick. Lisa, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm good. For those of you listening, we had to start over because I doubted myself as soon as I went to say Lisa's name. Why do we do this to ourselves, people? Why do we doubt that little voice in our head that goes like, "You're doing it wrong"? Hmm. Little early lesson in the in the episode
1: for you guys. <laughs> it's called perfection. It's called perfectionness. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Lisa called me out right up top. Wedding planner, perfectionist. What can we do? What can I do? It's in my DNA. I don't know. But we're not talking about perfectionism today, although it might come up again. What we're talking about today with Lisa is unique value propositions. And I know when I say that half of your ears turn off because you're like, I don't know what that is. So we're going to get into it because I'm so tired of hearing y'all say, I do weddings because I really love weddings.
1: Which is okay, but is it, <laughs> it's not is a business it okay?
0: it's so no, it's boring. okay to love them.
1: it's okay to oh, love yeah. love what you do for sure, but sure. it's not um it's not a business to not think about it from a business perspective. so that's what we'll talk about today is like love how to, how to make your passion into a business, but then start thinking about it as a business and not a passion
0: right because you know the wedding industry is crowded, <laughs> especially I'm in Los Angeles, so there's like God, a few years ago at Wedding NBA, one of the speakers got up on stage and said that she did some research. She wasn't from my market, but she was like thinking about like the super crowded markets. And I think she said something that there was like 600 wedding planners in L.A. Wow. Which is insane. And part of me feels like I know all of them. But then also I'm like, out of 600, though, how many are actually working? And then out of that 600, how many actually can tell a client or potential client why they're different than the other 600? Right. And that's Not the point. Pretty. That's why yeah. you're here, Lisa. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So of- it's to to understand it from the perspective of the client. And that's what we tend to not do when we go out and say, oh, I love doing this thing. It's like, that's nice. But does the client gain value? Like, what is the value that that then brings to the client? Because they're the ones that are buying.
0: Right. I mean, I would hope we all do love what we do. And if we don't do something else, because the wedding industry is too hard if you're not in love with it. Yep. But You're right. It's like for me saying, I love what I do. The client's like, great. Well, what does that mean for me? Exactly. (laughs) Right. No, I'd rather someone hate what they do. No, but like what really, what does it bring to them? And I know one of your superpowers is really um, niching and choosing like compelling offers for businesses. And so tell me a little bit about like how you, how that became your superpower.
1: Well, I think it's my strategic brain. I think I am just happened to be someone who ha- has always looked at I don't know a situation and gone like what is happening in this in a sort of deeper level I'm a very I'm a very deep thinker, so to me, I don't ever look at anything on the surface and and just go, oh, that just happens the way it happens. I always ask why even without saying it, I just always instinctively want to know why do people do this? why is this trend happening like why are people moving towards this thing and what's drawing them in. And I love understanding sort of that psychology. I I probably should have been a a psychologist more than anything, but I, so so that, that really is interesting to me is like human behavior. And so I got into this business thing because I also love like results and quick action. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I would say I'm a go-getter, but not a worker bee. Like I love, I love a challenge. And so I just started realizing that, getting to the bottom of like, why does this business succeed and this one isn't? When they on the surface look the same or provide a similar type of thing, like what is the actual difference? Like that is very interesting to me because it's a complex question and there's no obvious answer, but that is the, that is like you answer that and you can be in a different realm than when you were before, you know? And and I'm always just, fascinated by it and i do think it has a little bit to do with psychologically how people are feeling or how they are or what they are experiencing that we have to be able to figure out as a service provider and that's a little bit different than a product because okay so a product is or an experience is pretty obvious. Well, how does that make you feel when you buy that? Or what need does it like fit? So a product we can look at and go, well, that looks good on me. So I'm therefore, <laughs> right. I feel good. I feel good, and therefore I I'm going to purchase this thing because I'm associating that with dopamine probably and 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 want to do that again or trust the company or the company has great marketing you know and it makes us feel awesome so even though it's not good for us we still feel like (laughs) we're gonna have a better life and live be like the people on the commercial so that's that's psychological marketing basically right but as a service provider it's not just about it's about really understanding like at the sale why people would want like how do they have that feeling before they buy the thing because when you just don't have a massive marketing budget or you're not an obvious promoter and I do find that this is a case of a lot of people in industries such as wedding or service like you and I serving other people in our industry is that we really uh, care a lot about people we want them to have a great experience we want them to be happy and we we are not going to promote it as much as we are going to just deliver something amazing, right? right? But that unfortunately doesn't allow us to then give that experience or describe that that thing in advance as well as other people who are better at promoting or just love the sale or love the marketing. <laughs> right. And then we don't get noticed or found and, and or chosen and that has to happen. That has to be clear before people buy or they won't make that choice. Right, and especially
0: with you know service-based especially with wedding planning right because it's very difficult to tell a potential client all the things you're going to do for them because so many of the things we do for our clients happen in the moment they happen instinctually right. and what we i think has have gotten better at as a wedding industry in total and especially myself as an educator is really encouraging other wedding planners specifically to talk about the benefits your cl- your like the emotional benefits your clients will receive by working with you in a way that it yes it is intangible but someone has to call it out otherwise no one would ever get hired
1: yes yes and you have to give you've got to meet them where they're at so the part of the the value proposition that you talked about is so, there's two halves, right? So one is your unique value. So how are you going to do things differently? How unique is your solution? Because someone's going to look at one brand and and planner and say, "Wow, this you feel like me or you've you get, mm-hmm. you know, you get what I want. You're offering." The, the piece that I want or the, you're dealing with my anxiety around it. <laughs> like I gosh, think yes. about myself. It'd be all about anxiety because <laughs> I just, I don't like promoting and I don't like putting yeah. on big events. I have a lot of anxi- anxiety about that. So for me, it would be like, please meet me with the the grassroots level that I'm at and give me permission to do something grassroots versus feel like I have to go and do something that is all glam. And, and some people are going to want that. So yeah. that's part of the value prop of like, here's my unique twist on this. Like, I'm not going to make you go further than you want to go. I'm going to make you feel comfortable. It's going to be peaceful and great versus like, well, you're going to be like the life. You're going to be like the (laughs) event of the year. Right. Too much pressure. Too much pressure. Yeah. Well, and some people might want that though. So you have to, you have to cater to who you want to cater to and what you actually really want to work with. Like I, I think everyone's, I mean, I don't, I don't work with people who, probably who want to hustle all the time, like, and just do anything to grow their business because my philosophy is 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 a little bit more like, let do it based on like the core foundations and the truth and the clarity rather than like run around and promote all the time because that's not the way I do it. So of course I'm attracting people to my brand. Now, the other half of the equation is meeting your clients with where they're at in terms of what are their problem? Like, what are they actually trying to resolve (laughs) when they're when they're looking um when they're trying to hire you because yes you can sell them on the vision but you also want to meet them where they're at because they are not necessarily they have have a vague vision and they have emotions feelings and challenges right now like why are they coming to you so are you attracting the person who's coming to you because they I've just got to get this thing done. And they don't have time. Are they coming to you because they want it to be the best experience they're in their life? Are they coming to you because they just don't know where to start there? These are all slightly distinct problems. And if you can meet them, especially on say, like web copy, because I'm going to assume that there's going to be a bunch of people who are just google searching for wedding planners and doing their research and by saying if you can meet them with where they're at and say like i know you're probably experiencing x y z and here's you know how i'm gonna help you you're letting them know that you get them and you relate and that they are going to say oh someone finally understands me and see i get this i think i was explaining to this earlier is that I get so many of my clients, like amazing, well-qualified clients who find me somehow on Google and they buy from me. And like yeah. these are private services because my language relates to them. And they're like, yes, finally somebody who has the solution and they get my problem. They're not promising me like things that are so beyond what they're possibly ever a- able to attain right now. It's, it's really it's no bullshit, right? It's real honest. Yeah this is what you're dealing with. Here's what you need next. And they're like, I get it. And then I attract great clients because they're ready to work on their business model and they're ready to polish their language and they're, and get clear on what they truly do for people and how they make their life better. And they, they like that approach. They feel good with that approach versus the let's throw money at some big blowout strategy or right. that is not going to just make your business overnight have a foundation.
0: You know what's so funny lisa as you were talking about the what the reasons why someone would hire you like as a wedding pro the everything you said all those three i like examples I could literally think of a specific person in my market that would be right for them, right? Like when you said they just want to get it done. Well, that's my friend Margot. She's no bullshit. She's streamlined. She's not very emotional in a good way. Like her clients like that. Like they want calm. Yep. (laughs) She says she says all the time. She goes, I get all the doctors and lawyers. They love me. And I don't get any doctors or lawyers. My clients are creative people who come to me because they want like the, the sort of I don't want to say warm and fuzzy because I'm, I don't think I'm warm and fuzzy. But one of the things I lean into when I when I talk to my potential clients is that like one of my goals for my business and my services is to help them be excellent hosts for their guests. Right. So yeah. I don't want a couple who says this event is all about me. I don't care about my guests. We're going to eat. We're going to the menu is going to be everything that I like. We're going to you know, like I want people who want this to be an experience for everyone. And that's how I end up with the best clients for me, because. I'm very clear in my website copy and in my conversation with them that I'm not just here for them, I'm here for their guests and their family and I'm helping them be good at this.
1: And that's how you have a better experience. Your clients walk away super excited and you have more confidence because your clients were like, that's amazing, thank you, here's your testimonial. And we kind of want to have good experiences, especially when you're servicing people one-on-one. You want to have, you want them to be positive because there's a lot of, it's not like you're selling like thousands of volume of something where you're going to have some refunds and some complaints or, you know, you're, you're, you're playing a different game, right? When you're yeah. serving people one-on-one, you don't want bad experiences because it's like, A lot of heart and soul goes into making it good for them. And if they're going to walk away dissatisfied because, or just average, like, "Mm, I wouldn't highly recommend this person. That's not how you grow your business. They were fine. It's like, oh, that's a heartbreak. (laughs) Yeah you need to grow you need to grow your business based on people who are really excited and that will also you know give you energy to sell the next thing and so that's where we really want to make sure that we are attracting the ideal clients so ideal clients are so you can say okay i like creative types or artists or doctors or lawyers or professionals and that is helpful but not everyone knows that and you don't even have to start there but just why don't you just speak to them so if you actually just say the the use the language that they use then they will automatically sort themselves. Like they will opt (laughs) in.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you, if someone's listening and they're like, okay, so my website right now says, I do weddings because I love weddings and now they're feeling, they have some feelings right now because I called them out. How do you start to find your unique value proposition? Because what I've heard from what you've said so far is that a lot of it is just about being honestly true to yourself, correct?
1: Yeah, it is. But it's also about having like some validation because you you do start with that but then you also have to kind of know when you've got something that has some legs to it like is there actually something here is this interesting specific hooky enough to actually distinguish me from other people it's really hard to do that for ourselves like i'm not even really that good at seeing what is unique and interesting about my approach until someone goes, oh, I like that. Or, oh, I can totally relate to that. That's really cool. Like, if Or if someone's just like, oh, that's nice. Then I know that what I said wasn't really that interesting or that distinct or that memorable. So we do need to get some feedback from other people. Yeah. And that's yeah. where, because we can't really... Can't see ourselves for what's interesting. I mean, we might find something really boring that because we've (laughs) thought that way for twenty years, and some we say it to someone else and like, I haven't heard anyone in your industry say it like that before, right? So I think that's where you need some, yeah, yeah. I think you need some outside
0: yeah, I outside coaching for sure. And I also fall into the trap all the time. And I'm sure everyone does this is like the things that I know for sure that I know are true that I have lived with for 20 years feel really boring to me. But they're not necessarily boring to our clients or any or other people. They just feel boring to us because they're like, well, everybody that's common sense. Everybody knows that not always.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. And, and that's where we need to have outside perspective. And then we also need to have the perspective of our clients. So one of the things I mean, I have a Uh, brave messaging toolkit, which is really helpful in getting this language. It's the process I use for all my clients. Like every one of my clients goes through this. And I work myself through it when I'm creating copy for my website, because I'm like niching down further or doing something different or more clear on who my better clients are, because I've had like four recent ones or something. And I'm like, Oh, I really have some good language here. I go and I walk myself through this this process of looking at like, what did they see? What was their issue when they start working with, with me? Like, and I actually will even copy and paste it. Like I, the other, cause I have a, an app form on my website for people to fill out to when they're interested in having a consult with me. And it just helps me understand like, do they have the problems that I can solve and what are they and how do they articulate them? And so then I can start writing up my copy based on what they're saying. Yeah. And I actually use those words. So when you can think of specific people, so you, you create your brand for specific people, not for everyone. You actually think of three of your best all-time clients and you start, instead of thinking, well, from my perspective, what's happening for them? It's like, what did they actually say? Like what was going on for them? And when you can put yourself in their shoes, you can create empathetic copy. And it's really easy. It's awesome. I love that. (laughs) Because it actually works because then you're actually saying something specific instead of some generalized overview of their life at the time, because that's kind of boring and it sounds a bit cliche sometimes. But when you actually listen to that language, you're going, you're, you come up with something that's like, Ooh, yeah, that's the feeling that I have. And people can relate to specific feelings and situations even if they have one that's slightly different what they won't relate to is the create your dream wedding that you'll always remember (laughs) you know something that everyone is saying and which you can say at the end of your copy but you've (sighs) got to convince them that there's something more specific in the in the in the beginning
0: i have a huge problem with that language in our industry though it's like the dream wedding the perfect day like we just we need to stop immediately with all of it it's yeah it's um you know it's 2020 and is it realistic like, really right? it's not like, realistic yeah and and it sets us up for some sort of disappointment always because like you know just the perfect i listen when i redid my website i redid my website during the pandemic because <laughs> i signed up i literally signed on with my with the new designer in february and then the pandemic hit and i was like well we're gonna keep going and she's great, and I love my website. But we did so many versions of the copy because mm-hmm. when people think about wedding copy, they think they have to say it's going to be perfect in the day of your dreams. And I was like, nope, nope, take it out, take it out. Not that I don't want that for my clients. Of course I want that. But we can't guarantee or promise that. And we have to stop because that isn't, the, if, if it's, when I see that on someone's website, I think, oh, that's a really high bar you're setting for yourself. If it's not perfect, then you've failed.
1: Yeah. That, that, and, and- people does that really what people want like no i I really don't like i i don't know like okay i got married once not married now but whatever i was (laughs) highly pregnant so that took some of the edge off but i think that i was just trying to get through it i'll be honest and it's like yeah so so if i had someone who had that kind of message i might have just been like thank you can you just help me get through this and because and that's my truth and that's my honest truth is that or can everyone, will ha- everyone will have, we we'll make sure that all your guests will have fun because that's one of my insecurities, right? Like I, I don't yep. like even having parties. Like I very have this, uh, I think my standards are just way too out of proportion. I mean, I'm kidding. I'm almost 50. So I'm like really chilling <laughs> out, but I, but I've always had like anxiety around hosting things. Yeah. And really. That is one Every, of my weird things. A lot that, of
0: people do. A lot of people do. I have yeah, a lot like of clients. even parties.
1: Like I don't think I've yeah. had, like, a 50th party next year that I'd actually actually have fun like I honestly right. say like oh I'm gonna have a party I've got to do something important and bring all the special people in my life there's no doubt that I'm not gonna have anxiety and I'm gonna and then I'm gonna worry that no one's gonna show up or not no one but like not enough and yeah. people aren't gonna get along like I have way too much overwhelm around stuff like that so yes okay, that's, just, that's just a real personal side but no it's the idea so, it's so is important that to talk about if somebody could actually talk to me about that they would be like yeah. I would probably hire them versus not hire somebody so that's well, the it's other so- thing It's so interesting you say that because
0: I have right now a a couple where the the bride is very introverted and doesn't and actually has like a little bit of social anxiety where she doesn't really want attention on her. The groom is very outgoing. And they revealed to me the other day that they they were like, we didn't meet with another planner once we met you. And I was like, oh, that's always nice to hear. Like, can I ask why? And the bride said, because you're the perfect balance of us, you're outgoing enough to make up for me not wanting to be outgoing. And you and and the groom was like, you and I are on the same wavelength. But the bride felt more comfortable with someone outgoing because she was like, you're kind of making up the difference in what I can't do. And I was like, oh, that is fascinating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's also I mean, it's also just really making somebody feel like they're safe. Like, so, yes. so in, 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 a, in a sense, like I didn't have a wedding planner because I didn't really want it. I don't know. I bet had, had I come across one who'd actually said the thing that wasn't what I was looking at, because I want, I mean, I, I didn't want to have a big fancy white wedding. I didn't even wear a white right. dress. It was like fuchsia or something. And so, you know, I, I really, I just wanted it to be a little a- authentic. And perhaps if I'd come across that, I might've actually hired somebody instead of not hired somebody, you know, like. Right. I I, right. I don't know. I mean, and some people are cost of cost, or you know, I mean, maybe not mm-hmm. in LA. I don't know, but some people are no. like, look, I'm going to make sure that you won't spend more on this, including the cost right. of me, than because I'm going to work. You know, find you the vent- find you the things that are going right. to. Take a bunch off your plate. I still get paid well, but you couldn't have found all the things that I'm going to find for you. Like, that's also a value proposition. Oh, it totally is. Even in LA, listen, our cost of living here is so high. It's so high. That oftentimes know,
0: yeah. the, the budgets that we see are unrealistic in the low end where I'm like, there's nothing I can do for you. But also yeah. I'm not a budget wedding planner. Now, if, but there there are plenty in my market and they're doing well because that's, that's something they, that they have a value of, right? Like they value um, finding things on a budget is getting the best deal. I don't care about it. or that. even simplicity, or even just authenticity <laughs>
1: yeah. and simplicity yes. so that it doesn't look like a a big wedding that's not their personality. And I yes. so I think you can even take that value prop and turn it into something that isn't about budget, but it's just not about over the topness. Like, I mean, like at right. projecting? Like practical. okay, people. I think there's it's like a niche here by the way. <laughs>
0: there, <laughs> there is. is. Listen. Practical yeah. like what's a
1: pra- yeah. like there is a website called a practical
0: wedding. It's a blog that's been around forever. And, yeah. you know, when I was starting a lot of my clients came from that because back then when I was starting, it was either like luxury or DIY and the middle wasn't being addressed. And I always sort of served that like premium middle. And sometimes that ends up feeling, lack of a better word, like a practical expression of who they are. Right. It's not yeah. fantasy land over the top. And it's not like, oh, we have to make all of our own food. Right. <laughs> like there's there's a medium there. Right. Which in the wedding industry, I think we sometimes forget, because by and large, I, I think it's changing now because of the pandemic. But if you had asked me in 2019, I would have said most wedding pros are being taught to strive for luxury, the luxury right. market and it's such a small percentage of the of the whole industry that it is a recipe for disaster and disappointment.
1: Right. And and don't forget about innovation here and about differentiation like if you, you know, a real business owner who is entrepreneurial is not looking to do what everyone else is doing. They are looking at the way to offer the value in a way that is unique and it that, and that's disruptive and disruptive businesses are the ones that take off it's like the design pickle who is you know pay us four hundred dollars a month and you get unlimited designs and they they're you know they went and took graphic design and made and productized it so yeah. you don't know that doing the the simple wedding uh can't turn into some kind of app at some point where you are not you know you are just running the company like Cause you yeah. might've come up with something that it's like, guess what? There's nobody serving this and there is no one serving it because everyone is assumes it has to be this way. But what if like, there's all these traditional industries like law, like real estate where if you are prepared to come on the market and and offer something a little bit different. It could turn into like a massive disruptor and a huge, huge business. Like so, well, I mean, honestly, worth- let's talk
0: about transportation. Yeah. Like ten years yeah. ago, would we have thought we were calling yeah. taxis privately? Private citizens who were driving their personal cars <laughs> as taxis to our home. <laughs> like right. when you when you put it that way, you're like, this is bananas. Who thought this would be possible?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think there is yeah. room to to play with that, and that's where I the, the thing is like the be yourself part is that take what you know about what you want and, and what, and validate that to know that there are other people who want that, you know, you kind of want to make sure that you're not just coming up with an idea that the world is so far away from, because you've (laughs) got to have that in you to be able to to be that innovative, right? right? And, and, and make sure that, or that visionary, I should say, and, and make sure that there are people who would buy it. And then Follow that line of, of thought and look at into other industries to see how they're doing things a little bit differently, and and realize that there's more options to uniquely differentiate yourself. Because honestly, if someone's going to look up wedding planner and on a Google search, and there are you know rows and rows and pages and pages, and you and everyone is saying something that's similar, and you're the one that says something so different. And there's way less people who want that one thing, but there's still a lot of people. You are still one out of 20 that they will pick if they want that thing than the 19 others that people have to choose from that are all saying the same thing.
0: Totally, 100%. Uh, uh, well, I could talk to you all. We This could be a seven-hour podcast, but I, I won't know. do that to everyone. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about one of the things that we had written, you know, we had talked about as a talking point because I, it's something that I believe in strongly. Um, the power of focusing your value prop on one offer that delivers so I know with wedding, wedding pros in general, we are always talk, you know, told to have like multiple packages and all the things and different iterations of all the things. And frankly, as an educator in this industry, I hate it because I think it's very confusing for the client.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So, so I only do wedding planning and wedding management. And if we're going to, and honestly, if we're going to backtrack and talk about disruption, like that was my disruption of the wedding industry to be like, hello, day of coordination doesn't exist. We're all doing wedding management. I'm going to teach it. Here we go. Which is I could do a whole other episode on that. But I think when we have I mean, I I guess I'm curious as to your your um, opinion on this. When you're talking about like a wedding photographer who has like five different packages and they're all like this one's 10 hours, this one's eight, this one's six, this one's four. What is your I mean, how does that help us or does it not help us?
1: Okay, well, that's selling hours, right? And that doesn't mean anything to anyone. I have actually exactly. another like thing that I, I just created, a really great guide that's like $37 called From Hours to Outcomes. And it's like stop Ooh. selling hours and start selling outcomes. I'll link and to it. Yeah, it's good. It's just straightforward. And it's about, and it's different ways to package your services. But the idea is that nobody really wants to buy your hours and they want outcomes. So even if you're still having, like you know how many hours it approximately takes, to do this thing um, you still are selling it as a packaged outcome and it has to be I, I mean instead of like gold silver and platinum or something like just come up with something that's actually like more related to like this is your family package meaning you can give all these away to like three five different family unit members because that's how many photos you'll get or this is the elopement package like just make it real so that people are like oh that's me doing this thing they don't care how many photos they get or how long it takes probably they just want to know like what can I do with these (laughs) so yes what are the what what are the what can I do with these packages so again I'm okay with having if you are a, a local planner and you're a local photographer it's hard to just say I only do elopement or I only you know that's probably not even a thing I mean they'd have to travel with you but I guess the idea is that you're okay with being the f- person who has a couple different packages. You can't, having just one is amazing in a saturated market because then people just get known for that and you get better at it and more efficient at it and you fine tune it to say wow do you know most of the people have never used this whole section i'm just gonna cut it out because nobody wants it so i think i think that helps you refine and define and refine it so that it's efficient it's it's a good deal for them it's a good deal for you like highly profitable so i really love that and i think most service businesses have one main offer if we look around in the world and we look at big names in online business most of them have one main transformational program and sure there might be some things on the back end like that they sell to those groups of people that have already gone through something but they're selling one major thing to the public so while i like that it might not be as easy but whatever you do package it for an outcome of who mostly buys from you and if no one ever buys this one package it doesn't need to sit there just to show that you've got something cheaper just take it out right
0: because there is a lot of language in the wedding industry about like you have to have three packages and the middle one is the one you want them to buy and and all the price positioning and like I get it but I also don't do it and I'm and I'm very successful so I feel like it's fine like I just having the prices like play off each other or the packages play off each other I think ultimately it's just too confusing for clients and so um, I yeah, wanna just... I mean it
1: it is important to consider selling more to your clients than what they think they need or what because because of what I'm saying is that if they if you're missing out on an opportunity to continue doing something for them or to add on a service that everyone needs anyway and it's worth it for you to say coordinate so say you're the planner and you add on a photography package because you have a great, I don't know, I'm just I mean, I don't know this industry really well, so I'm coming sure. up with stuff, but say it's like you look, they're going to go hire somebody anyway, I might as well coordinate it, I might as well organize it, or something like that. Right. So I think it's like you don't, you do want to give the option if you think it's a great deal, like I have the same thing, like I basically have a VIP day that that's mostly what I sold. <laughs> a VIP day to figure out the business model, the value proposition, the messaging, and then what do you need to do for marketing, like that plan and it's like a half day contained in 30 days. And that's been $2,500 for a while. I don't know if it will be when this podcast, but whatever, (laughs) it'll be close. Don't hold us to it. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then I was like, okay, so so I was realizing that I wasn't offering any follow-up support so I added a little membership that was office hours for my clients to continue showing up in a less expensive way over a longer period of time so they can get their validation, get their questions answered, stay on track really to the plan because most of us yeah. it's like our biggest challenge is that we had the plan we didn't follow the plan and then we got yes. distracted by a bright shiny object that they didn't need but no stick to the plan. So That I have now on my website. And then I also put a premium price package on because I realized that there are a couple people who really, really want private handholding and they want me to get my hands a bit dirtier and like, oh, I will help you write your copies. So so then I put this like $5,500 package on and I've had two people buy it in the last few months. So that was something that it wasn't there just for show. People are actually like saying, no, like I do value four months of, you know, intensive support where you will get me to the finish line and you will not, and it won't just be like, here's the plan, now you have to go off and do it. You will actually kind of make sure that I get it done a little bit. Like, so it's not hand-holding, hand-holding. I'm still leading them, but I'm more, I'm guiding them a little bit more like a consultant. And yeah. that's there for a reason. So it, it's there for the fact that they, they there are people who buy it. If, if it was just, no one was buying it over a year's time, Then I would take it off because I would be like this isn't what people need and then you're missing out on having something else there that or nothing that would that would actually people might buy and right and what is that so I think that's do not ever do something because you think you have to have three I would say everything needs to (laughs) be authentic.
0: Yeah, and that's why and I don't have 3. But like like you were saying with like the the example of like a wedding planner offering photography. I don't know that that would happen, but I do know that for me, when I when someone comes to me for a full planning contract, I always say, "Do you want me to do the rehearsal dinner? Do you want me to do the morning after brunch?" Like that's an easy that's an easy yeah. add-on that I'd actually prefer to do than to have my clients not have me do it because they will always ask me questions about it anyway, whether or not I'm contracted for it. So, may as well contract for it. So I feel like I, yeah, I agree. Like, just really paying attention to what people have purchased. I mean, I feel like if you haven't yet and you're listening, go do an audit of what you sold back in, of course, yeah. go back to 2019. 2020 is an unrealistic barometer, I think. But look at what you sold, right? How many wedding managements did you sell versus full planning versus the dreaded partial planning, which shouldn't exist, right? <laughs> Figure it out. Figure where, where your people, what you know, what you're better at selling, what people want from you. And then... And, then and what you want to sell. Well, and exactly. Because like, sell. so for
1: example, like I, I'm, I have this, I love VIP days. So I've been doing VIP days for years without knowing they were VIP days. And, you know, <laughs> I'm the kind of person who wants to buy a VIP day because I'm not a huge spender. So I'm not necessarily going to go for the whole like done for me. I don't spend a lot on done for me, right? Like I do, I like, I do a lot of, I like done with me actually, Mm. and done with me is that you will help me figure stuff out. And I may do the work or, you know, get it done. But I don't want to waste time researching. Like, I just want somebody to help me work the plan, like work out the plan. And, and so that is something that could be a partial wedding planning, but for like a couple thousand dollars for like a half day of your time, and somebody's just like, you do a bit of prep, and, you know, they literally like you use your experience, your brain, your connections, and you just be like, here's your your thing. Here's what it's going to look like. Go have fun. That's not yeah. a bad uh, offer and it could no. be what people want. And, and it could be also very clear what people get and they might end up hiring you for more anyway. But the idea is that you're giving them a set price, it's clear what they get, the result is clear at the end, it doesn't have scope creep, and then they can decide, actually no, just charge me the other whatever to do the rest because Lisa, I, can't I think you just created a new service package for many wedding pros like
0: wedding planners listen up if you're in a market where you maybe feel like people can't afford you because I hear that all the time right Renee they quote-unquote can't afford me offer a VIP day maybe don't call it a VIP day maybe call it a consult day and offer them several hours of your time for a set price and then try to convert them into a wedding management package yeah when it's over but you're basically what you're doing is here give me money and I'll show you my value
1: yeah. And they're but they are getting value because they're also just they like they're giving you ideas that they were because the thing is a lot of people don't forget are like so overwhelmed because they don't know oh, anything yeah. about flower like nothing. they don't know anything. This is this is not their world.
0: Yeah. So so no, they I-
1: are so overwhelmed with what to load that they need they and they need to come out of it with not just a console, like they need to come out of it with like I can get my head around what it's going to take. And then it's like, I can either handle it or I can't handle it. And then you've just sold yourself a client, but you've given them value. You you know, you've given them great value because they know what they need to do. They have their checklist, they have their plan, and they have a few places to start sourcing things. If they really want to go, they'll be super satisfied. And they'll say, don't worry, I can handle this, but I will send like all my friends to you because that was like invaluable and it doesn't have to be super inexpensive either, I think, because yeah. it it's, it's, it's still worth a lot. And again, it could be like you're spending, someone's spending $1,000 for four hours of your time. And that's not a bad, I mean, how many of those a week, like you could do two of those a week in busy season, or actually you could do them all throughout the year. And yeah. you'd still be making good money without any expenses. So yeah, you could do I, it over Zoom, it's amazing. Yeah, I love it. I, yeah, and that's when you can go more virtual. <laughs> that's where you can reach bigger markets. Um, like there's all these ways to disrupt the and, and give people what they truly want. Now I told you that guess why? Because I have been married, so I know what it's like or got the wedding and I knew how it felt for me. And that is what I probably would have used and been very happy to use. And I love it. I would do it again. Like I would do that again, yeah. even for something small because I just now just simply don't have the time. And I, that came from someone that you might not ever hear from if you don't start asking those questions.
0: Oh, it's so good. You guys, everyone go start VIP days. And let me say this. It's not necessarily something that you have to put on your website. So all of us get these inquiries from people that we absolutely know cannot afford us, right? Yeah. Every, I get them every week. I get lovely, lovely, lovely people in my inbox telling me they have $10,000 for their wedding budget, Meanwhile, $10,000 is my minimum fee. So I can't right. help these people. But if I said, you know what? I can't do that, but if you, you know, go meet other other planners, if it doesn't work out, you I always have this for you. I have this um, I don't know what we'd call it. We would say, say VIP day for now. I have this VIP day. A kind of VIP
1: it's... is not, not a bad thing to say for something no. that's luxury because you want it yeah. to feel like you are. And you might even have a little package you send them. Like it could be you're charging a couple, you could be charging a few thousand dollars for it and you give them and you mail them a beautiful like package or something like you can have fun with it. Yeah, And they yeah. feel special and they feel and then maybe they can follow up with you on another call in a month to ask the remaining questions or whatever it happens to be and, and you refine it and tweak it over time and, and that could be what they want. And that you could put as a price point on your website because I do think That's it's true. not bad to have a price point on your website because it's so nice to get people on calls who are going to buy from you. I don't know about you but I don't want to be on I want everyone to like my book your consult is right by my services (laughs) and it's not somewhere it's not on my homepage. it's on my services page meaning like you will have checked these out before you get on the call because I do not need to spend 45 minutes with somebody and have them sticker shock and be like oh I thought it was going to be like a few hundred dollars
0: yeah it's interesting for wedding planners right because um Most people come to me with a very unrealistic idea of what weddings cost in L.A. Because wedding media does a really bad job of letting people understand that, like, really, if you have 150 guests in L.A., I can't do anything for you unless you have about $75,000 because our venues here are about $20,000.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's it's out of it's out of I mean, it's bananas. Right. But that is the truth. And so when someone comes to me on a website and says I have a $60,000 budget, I'm still going to take that call with them because I I want to find out if that's true and if they know what if they've done research or if they're just pulling a number out of thin air because most of the time they are pulling a number that sounds good to them and so what i've learned over the years is i don't put my pricing on the website because i do want to have that conversation and it and my consult calls are only 30 minutes because i've gotten it down to a science now and so i don't mind giving someone 30 minutes to sort of educate them in a way um and see if we're yeah. a good fit but i would think if I, for my online stuff or on I any mean, of the courses of course everything is very much laid out of like this is what it is you know, if, if there's a, if it's a set price, it's a set price, of course. Right. So, um, I also think there's there's a lot of room
1: for that too. I'm just saying there's room for that too, right? Like I, I I think there's room for offering different price points that people can get their head around and they're already convinced that they want to buy. And it may be that that's how you differentiate. Maybe someone is looking at all 10 websites that show up and they say, Oh, this person, nobody else has a price points. This person does. I want to talk to them first. Like, I don't know. Like I'm just saying it's an experiment. We have to, we have to experiment. Your business is not a wedding business. It is a, business (laughs) and there's no so it's like it's not it's first and foremost a business and then it's a wedding business so in the industry so you look at it and you do like what are best practices in business and you apply them and you look at it objectively and you don't and you can look what other people are doing but you can also question like in a traditional industry like traditional meaning like last like 50 years probably of very, you know that's traditional in our in our fast paced world um you're 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 looking at them and you're you're kind of saying uh, like this is just the way it's done what could be different and just play with it prices on prices off see how it goes for a few weeks yeah play
0: with it i don't it. know oh. it's playing no with it. i'm gotta- with you 100% listen i we said this before we started recording some some of business is literally making an educated guess and trying something and like i like to say all the time like kind of flinging yourself off the cliff and seeing what happens like you'll figure it out on the way yeah. down
1: 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. yeah but don't be afraid to not do to do what not everyone else is doing or the vice versa like just don't be afraid 100%. to to do that because i think that's where you will stand out and that's where you, where you will start getting attention and build up confidence and and trust yourself because you're you tried something and We can grind along trying to be like everyone else and then you see one brand come out and totally look different and sound different and those are the ones, that's the one that people remember, that's the one that takes off. Yeah, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to go out there and and make a big move. Do
0: do it. a different
1: thing. Bold messaging, unique packaging, those are the foundations of growing a service-based business especially this has, that sells, you know, one-on-one services. That's, that's it. Lisa, tell us things. about
0: the, um. tell us about, you mentioned earlier, there was like a, a worksheet or workbook or something you worked yourself through in order to get to your copy. Can you say talk about that again for a minute?
1: Yeah. So that is the Brave Messaging Toolkit. So I have, those two things go well together. The Hours to Outcomes Guide, oh, mind you, I think of, you know, there's a few different types of packages that I lay out there's 10 of them and they might not be all super applicable for someone who wants to just do traditional wedding planning but it it just explains like here's how much you can charge and here's what they look like and this is you know who they're best for in your personality like there's all these different considerations and how to choose that so it'll just open up people's minds and then and then once you've figured out what you want to sell then the best thing to do is message it so well and make it compelling so that when people do land on your Website, they take an action they the messaging is saying this is the person who gets me who understands me who who like needs or who I need more than anyone else and they d- stand out and that's yeah. to me worth it because there's no point hustling for visibility and then having people land in your website and feel like uh I don't really get this or I'm kind of <laughs> bored or not inspired and then they just move on to something else and then they forget versus like, Oh, this is cool. I'm going to book a call because that is like going to be repeatable. (laughs) You just need to update that one time and yeah, work on it. Like I've, I've for years worked on my copy and just to slightly tighten it or get a new inspiration. And then it gets better and better and then it, it starts to work for you but then at least you're not you know it's not it's there and it works so that's the brief that. messaging toolkit and that's like i think i don't know it depends on whether i have a deadline funnel on it or not but i've that's either not it's either 97 or 297 depending if i keep that thing. <laughs> well we'll link to it in the show notes so everyone can yeah. go check it out because so those things are wanna... worth it yeah because that's what i do with my clients for 2500 dollars. so if you want to buy those packages right. and figure it out on your own great and that's like a couple hundred dollars and if you want to do it if you want to work with me it's 2500 but you'll figure it all out and and once you have it you have it for years like you know your business model and you have to believe in it yeah it's so important and you know for all my listeners, like, you
0: know, when I started this podcast, I wanted to talk to people outside of the wedding industry because I truly believe that our industry is way too insular and we keep learning from the same 20 people. And I love those same 20 people. And I think maybe I'm becoming one of those same 20 people. So <laughs> I it's true. I, I'm seeing it happen and I know it. And that's why I bring people in like Lisa, who is not from our industry, but we can learn so much by going outside of our industry and saying, yeah, maybe not everything in that toolkit 100% is applicable to wedding businesses, but who cares y'all? Like we need to learn how to run a business, not just a wedding business as Lisa so accurately yeah.
1: said. So Lisa, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, That's going to make a big difference. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I just love talking about this because, you know, there's so many people who are not applying kind of typical business strategy and yeah. If that's all it takes to make something really successful then do it, you know? It's you Right, gotta... don't run away from it. Run toward it. Run toward it. Run toward yeah. Lisa, y'all. Lisa, where can <laughs> we find you on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my so my website is scalingdeep.com uh, and on there, you'll see a focus on memberships, but I don't just help businesses with memberships. I, I mean, I am niching into membership programs. It's something that I am sharing with people, sharing how to, how to run and how to grow really good ones. But I also have still my regular coaching services. So that's actually the main place to poke around and look for things. And um, I've got a shop where I all those items are I mentioned. And then I'm also on Instagram and then I'm going to get on TikTok. So by the time Ooh. this podcast is out, I will be on TikTok because I've I've kind of got the light shed on the idea that there's a lot more potential for growth on TikTok than there is on a lot of other platforms. I know. <laughs> right I need
0: to get on TikTok. My husband, <laughs> literally last night, my husband got to like 11,000 followers on TikTok. Like he's kind of, a, my husband's a TikTok star. He isn't, but it's just very funny to watch his platform grow there. He's a stand it, it grows quickly. It grows quickly. quickly. And so- and the other Every platforms Every day He's like, you need not. to be on here. I'm like, yeah, OK, maybe. OK, we'll talk about it. <laughs> well, well, Lisa, I... thank you yeah. again. This has been fan freaking fantastic y'all. And uh, we'll link to everything Lisa and I talked about in the show notes as usual. And we're going to do a clubhouse together. Is that right? Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. We're doing the Clubhouse, y'all. So um, as soon as this episode airs, you will also figure I'll also post when we're going to be on Clubhouse. Come talk to us. We're also going to talk on Clubhouse a lot about memberships. So if you if when Lisa said membership, your little ears perked up. And I know some of you, some of yours did because like the wedding industry is like very into memberships right now. That's something we're going to dive into on Clubhouse as well. So join us. As always, my lovely, lovely listeners, thank you for spending your time with us. I know your time is something you can't get back, so I never take it lately that you spend it with us. We will see you next week, same time, same place. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram.